You're listening to Flipping Tables on Sunrise Robot. Find out how you can support us at sunriserobot.net slash support. Welcome to episode 109 of Flipping Tables. I'm one of your hosts, Michael Edwards. And I am David Lyons. And uh, a couple things before we get into our show. First off, I just I just got to pitch this Raconteur Denver thing. Um, it's a storytelling podcast that's actually a live event primarily, and then I record it and edit it into a podcast. Um, and uh, we're, we're doing an event the day of release of this episode. So if you're in Denver and you're listening to this in the morning, come on out to Fort Greene and uh, check out Rack and Tour Denver. Um, or the just, 9th? March 9th? Uh, Tuesday, March 8th. 8th. I can count. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> head to rackandtourdenver.com. You can see what's going on, what the stories are going to be about this time, or to check out the previous episode, which is available for listening. So that's cool. Um, the other thing we just did was a live stream, which at time of recording, we just completed. Yes, we literally just spent three hours talking in the microphone <laughs> yeah. on a couch. And so uh, we'll have that archive up uh, by the time we release this. Uh, Super Flipping Tables Let's Play Ultra Arcade Edition 108 Plus Turbo uh, will be on our YouTube channel. We'll throw a link in the show notes, which you can find at sunriserobot.net <laughs> slash flipping table slash 109. Holy URLs, Batman. Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, take us into the show. <laughs> All right. Um, so there was a little uh, shenanigan shakeup, and we we spoke about this a little bit with consoles and how uh, the hardware has kind of become commoditized and uh, PC gaming is bigger than it's ever been. Is this going to be the last generation of consoles? And Is it the year of the Linux is, desktop? Is, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, it always is. It's always <laughs> this year, and then at the end of the year, it's now that year. So yes, it always it's eternal. is. Um, but there, there were two interesting things that happened recently that I think actually point that the console makers are starting to wonder if this train is running out of steam. Uh, one is the the PS4 officially confirmed and now has released the software for PC and Mac streaming. So you could have your Technically, you could have your PS4 in a closet plugged in and just always running and remote into it. And how big of a leap from that to remote to any hardware anywhere that you rent from Sony or whatever. Or, hey, Sony now just makes games they sell on Steam. Yeah. And I mean, Sony's already been running their, their PS Now or whatever they call it. Yeah, I think it is PS Where now. you can stream games. And that, I mean, I don't think that's really like taken off in any serious way. No. But it's there and the tech is there. <laughs> and like, I mean, that's where we're going. Maybe this is the Dreamcast online gaming moment where you're like, that's the right idea. It's just not, <laughs> it's not happening yet. Well, so the other thing that happened, and, and this is a two part story because it happened. And then the person who said it immediately had to clarify their remarks because they were taken way out of context. Um, <laughs> Can you just upgrade your Xbox One so you never have to buy? No, no, you can't. No, that's not what he meant. So uh, the the rumor was you could just buy an Xbox One and then open it up like a PC, put in a new graphics card, put in more RAM, put in a bigger hard drive, just like you would upgrade your PC. You never, most people don't buy a new gaming PC every few years. They just upgrade their existing gaming PC. Yeah, your motherboard can accept new cards for a long time. Right, yeah. Most of the time, you do not need a new USB controller. Yeah. So, so uh, he clarified that that is not what he meant. He he is not saying, oh, yeah, we're going to just let you rip open the Xbox. What he was getting at was more like, 
I can imagine that happening because it's basically just a PC. And so even he was admitting, and to be fair, Xbox owned by Microsoft, they're like, yeah, we just release everything on Windows now too (laughs) anyway because it's like the same code. Yeah, to put on my naysayer skeptic hat though, this sounds less like opening up the Xbox and more like controlling the PC gaming. Like, oh, what if they... The pessimist tack. What if we took the the wondrous success of Xbox Live (laughs) on PC and forced that on them, but still let them upgrade their hardware? And it's like, well... PC Master Race isn't going to be excited about that. No, I mean, they're, they've are they famously not been excited about Windows 10. They were particularly not excited about Windows 8 or Vista. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the PC market has been very rocky. You're probably right that this is Microsoft's attempt to be like, no, Windows is still cool. You guys come back. Yeah. Play games on Windows, please. Don't only play games on Xbox. So, I mean, we'll see if all the game engines go Steam box friendly fast enough or or what but well this is, i'm i'm genuinely thinking that the wii u for once set a very smart precedent here which is uh <laughs> you can come on they've not been like real <laughs> what giant goofy plastic tablets have taken <laughs> over gaming <laughs> they have when your you know spouse or roommate or parents or kids or whoever want to watch tv and you want to play video games and you can stream it to the goofy giant plastic tablet <laughs> that is genius and Sony can't just now be like, we also have a giant please goofy plastic Please buy a Vita, tablet. please. <laughs> exactly. They're, they're not going to win that war because they've already lost it, right? They are the bad guys in the, the, the handheld <laughs> yeah. universe. But what they can do is show up to an existing uh, platform like the Mac and the PC and say, hey, uh, you already have this. You also have a PS4, but you already have this other thing. So just go ahead and play your games on it. And that's to me, that seems like a really smart move, particularly because they need to keep Nintendo from winning that war, right? Mm-hmm. And they Nintendo's just never gonna have the same install base. Like that's they're they're getting out in front of that. And they also need to keep uh Microsoft from correctly leveraging their control of the <laughs> yeah. PC gaming market. So by showing up with with PC and Mac. They're really saying, like, yeah, the console is where the brains are, mm-hmm. but if that's plugged into a TV and somebody else is using the TV, just go sit in the, the other room and play on your Mac or your, your PC. Yeah. That's, I'm, I can't freaking wait. I think this is a brilliant idea. Now, famously, Gabe Newell, like several years ago, said that he saw Apple rolling the console guys easily. And maybe <laughs> that was just a, a statement of potential because Apple is very famously not cared about gaming much at all. Well, did you see the dig from, was it the Vive? One of the, the manufacturers of the, the oh, current, I did Geno- that. Yeah, the current Gen of VR headset. As soon as they release a good computer. As soon as Apple releases a good computer, <laughs> we will make the this whatever headset it was compatible. And I was just like, damn. And But they're not wrong because well, yeah, their it, metric it, is a very specific in metric. In terms of GPUs, don't buy a Mac. Yeah, like, no, That's they, very clear. They're absolutely correct. It's just you never hear someone use that kind of language. So I was like... <laughs> a good computer. <laughs> I was like, rock on, VR headset guy. Um, but I mean, so you, you have a PS4. You have a, we're sitting right next to it. Yeah. <laughs> you have a lovely television. Uh, if, if you couldn't use the TV, could you imagine using like your giant, beautiful iMac and just sitting in the other room and playing a PS4 game on it? Bluetooth? I could. I mean, I can game on this iMac just fine for games that aren't like within the last two years. But I mean, you want to play Last of Us. 
Yeah. It's not running on the Mac. It's really just streaming. I mean, to me, it's it's less about the screen it's on and more about the context of can I lounge on a couch and fall asleep <laughs> drooling on myself playing? <laughs> or am I going to have to sit in a computer chair and like my my feet are going to get sore from however I'm sitting or something? That, that's fair. You do... Your your body language at a computer is usually different because there's so much typing involved. You can't just be like a blob yeah. and then have to type words. So, I mean, and I guess that's why I like consoles, not because of the console-ness of them. It could be a PC attached to my TV. I just want to be a blob. Well, you're making the, the Wii argument where you're like, I don't want to come home and then stand in front of my television <laughs> yeah. and flail my arms like a crazy person. Which is, you know, cool for like a minute. So, I mean, the other critique I have for this idea that hasn't happened yet and so we shouldn't (laughs) critique it yet is, uh, so you have this platform like Xbox and you're going to say, hey, you can upgrade it, but don't freak out. It's not like a a, a real upgrade where we're going to make you buy stuff all the time. And like, how do you not end up like Sega in the late 90s? Like, here's a 32X, here's a CD, here's a random other fragmenting add-on that has three games that... Like when you're, I mean, when you're catering to the the PC crowd, they're used to that crap, where they're like, yeah, I rip the case open, I add more RAM, I change out the video card, I add another video card. But in the PC, it's usually like you can run it. It's going to be you know a slideshow of five frames <laughs> per second, but it'll run. Right. Instead of like, well, I mean, the the new Nintendo 3DS XL, Ugh. it's like there's like three games that only run on it, but most of them are the same on every game. There was some game recently that you're like, what? Are the Super NES ports yes. for Virtual Console won't run except on the newest yeah, one. For no, that there's no good reason so, for that. There's I mean, no way it's a hardware thing. A friend thing. of the show, Benji, described it as this is the DSi moment of 3DS, <laughs> like... This weird, like, not hardware upgrade that, like, has an arbitrary line in the sand of compatibility. Well, because that's all a sales driver. Like, oh, look, we brought virtual consoles to the new 3DS, (laughs) not the old one. Please help our (laughs) lagging sales. I mean, but that's, like, doesn't that fall on Nintendo's shoulders? Like, the PS4 is indisputably an upgrade from the PS3. The Xbox One is probably fine. Uh, (laughs) But it's... The the new 3DS is a 3DS with like a little bit more RAM, a little bit faster processor. I think screen's a little brighter, and it's got the extra nub, the analog. Yeah, yeah. but your your margins, I don't feel like they should be that narrow when you're coding to a specific dedicated console platform. Like it would be really weird for someone to say we made a game that runs properly on the new 3DS, not the control stick. I'm just talking about yeah. the, the guts. Somehow it runs properly, but not on this other thing. Like, we're using every single micron of addressable memory all the time. I think one of the Monster Hunter games or something was, like, new 3DS only. (laughs) And, I mean, it has to be Nintendo, right? They're just like, oh, we really need to drive sales of this, so we're going to... I don't know. They're they're the the company to watch in the next year, I think. Oh, for the, the NX... I think to find out if they're going to survive as like a major player or become a Sega. <laughs> I mean, I could imagine them do, and I, we've probably even said this before, like I could imagine them doing something bold and just saying like, uh, all of our games are on Steam now, like it, going forward, you know, like from here on out, we're just a software company. 
We don't need dedicated hardware. Any kind of wacky peripheral we might want to invent, we can just make it USB 3 and it'll work. You know, or we can make it Bluetooth and it'll work. So we can still innovate with bizarre hardware. Yeah. Because the Wii U is not interesting hardware. The actual unit, the Wii is not interesting hardware. The GameCube was not interesting hardware. It's the peripherals. And I don't know if you've noticed, but PCs also have peripherals. (laughs) Yeah. I would love to see a Nintendo Valve collaboration. Do you think since they, uh, they've they historically maintained such tight control of their platform that they would do exactly what Valve did and just be like, here's the Nintendo store on <laughs> Mac and PC from which you buy Nintendo games? That would be trying to do what they're not good at, though. <laughs> no, it'd be like EA Origin or any of the other god-awful... Yeah. What's the Ubisoft one? Uh, Uplay? Uplay, yeah. <laughs> U- Ubisoft, Uplay. I get it. Um <laughs> But yeah, th- those are, are awful. I actually, I had to install Origin just uh, a couple of months ago. Someone I work with was like, oh, there's this free game on Steam. Oh, crap, it's an Origin game. And I was like, <laughs> I really probably will never get around to playing this game, but it's free. <laughs> so I created an Origin account, installed all the stupid nonsense. Yeah. I have that only for Titanfall when it came out. And then I think Mass Effect 3 on PC only came out in Origin. Like Ugh. the first two are on Steam. Because Origin wasn't a thing yet, but yeah. then three. <laughs> yeah, and th- I mean, you're you're describing exactly why Nintendo should not do this. <laughs> yeah. They're terrible at online services, and it's a fragmented, terrible landscape for the end user. You know, if Valve only sold Valve games through Steam, it would be cool because Steam, you know, Valve games are great, but you as the end user would be annoyed. If you're like, well, I also have to have good old games installed, and I also have to have EA Origin, and I also have to have Uplay, and I also have to have the Nintendo <laughs> whatever. Like, if if Sony uh, ever does actually move into putting their games on these platforms, I really hope they don't try and have just a lockdown. Just go to Steam. Even if it was just direct install. Like, we will just sell you the, the bits, yeah. and you just download them, but well, you don't need our kinda, stupid storefront. I mean, that's what good old games is. They're all DRM-free. You can install it. and But they also have an app. Like They Steam. do, but it's I think it's pretty optional. Like I think you can download from the browser. You're, yeah, I guess they're kind of they're playing in both spaces a little bit. So they're trying to offer the 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 streamlined experience. Yeah, you want a library, you want to yeah. see all your purchases on the little stupid fake uh, <laughs> wooden shelves, the skeuomorphic wooden shelves. <laughs> Look at my fake boxes on fake shelves. This is great. But this, I, I'm I'm very much looking forward to the the PS4 streaming thing. Um, I, I'm. These are two different visions of the future. They're like wildly different. There's the you have a screen, great. Buy a Bluetooth controller and buy rent a server that lets you play games. And then there's well, we have a, a closed down PC platform that you can upgrade. That doesn't seem as and maybe I'm mischaracterizing what <laughs> Xbox guy was saying, but it it didn't sound revolutionary. It sound, that, like I was saying, it sounded like Sega in the '90s, like whoa, 32x, buy it. Yeah, I mean, I very much got the feeling from this that not only are they trying to use it to push people back to gaming on Windows 10, or maybe not not make them game exclusively on Windows 10, but get people to do both. Like, oh, you have an Xbox, you all, you should also be gaming on your PC, right? Of course, your Xbox controller will work on your PC, and you should totally do both. Um, but I have a strong sense that this is also to prop up the Windows Store, 
because their app store is oh, man. is uh, famously a dumpster fire, just a total <laughs> mess. I'm telling you, last week's idea: look, give us store credit for lock screen ads. You'll get people <laughs> into that store. Yeah, we. I think we have solved more multi billion dollar company issues on this show. Yeah, NGO Twitter. <laughs> Oh man, I still I need. To, is it Jimmy Wales, the guy who does Wikipedia? Yeah, I feel like he'd be on board with this. He's uh, he's probably a huge tweeterer. Tweeterer, come on, Jimmy. Is that a German word? So if you uh, are, do you feel like you're loyal to specific software? By which I mean, you buy a PlayStation because you want to play like Metal Gear Solid or Final Fantasy, not because you're like I love Sony. <laughs> yeah, it has little to do with Sony. I mean. They, they've got a pretty good track record. I mean, they stumbled in the PS3 era with their right out of the gate. It was kind of an embarrassing <laughs> yeah, year. But then they like they took a couple years and they kind of got their crap together, and it was a solid console. Um, I don't know if I'm even answering the question. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I go where the games are, but there's sort of a like I don't want it to be like there's 50 platforms and a great game is on all of them, and you have to install <laughs> the client for all 50 if you want to play those games. That's an ugly world, even if it's open. That is an ugly world, but is that... I still feel like that would be an improvement over, like, well, I have to buy a PlayStation, and I have to buy an Xbox, and I have to have a new 3DS. Buy the hardware for all of them. Yeah, because that's... That's the what we same, have now. It's the same lock-in except for thousands of dollars. <laughs> yeah. If I just have to install some stupid client, that's an inconvenience, but I'm still only paying for the game. I don't know. People buy like $15 coffee drinks but won't buy a 99-cent app. This is very true. <laughs> but I, I, I think I'm definitely more in, I'm more pro the just code to the common platform and don't make me think about what console it's on. Yeah. The, the reason I've always been a console gamer is... I never wanted to have to think about, will this run? Like, you get a, a cartridge yeah. and you put it into the machine that fits that cartridge and it plays every time at the same frame rate. The music always sounds the same. <laughs> Unless it's a Bethesda game at launch. <laughs> <laughs> well, but so those are, uh, those were always PC games, right? In the old days. Yeah. And then they became console games. But I'm talking like cartridges. Yeah. Like when I was a kid and I had friends who were like, oh, don't you play Doom and Wolfenstein and do play whatever, you know, Quake? And I was like, yeah, those games, those are fun. Like, I don't have any problem with those games. The thing is, I don't know if my PC can run them. If I buy the game, then it turns out I can't. And I go to my parents and say like, oh, we need to, they're going to say no. <laughs> so that's a gamble. Or I can buy a Super Nintendo, and if I put Super Mario World into it, it'll work. Yeah. No questions asked. And like that was what always kept me so loyal to consoles. And now, one, I'm an adult, and I have access to some disposable yeah. income. And two, we've diverged so much in the technology from that. Well, that's why this needs to be Netflix for games, where it's like, you got a screen and a controller and a net connection. You mean Gamefly? No, wait, that's <laughs> something different. Because then, yeah, especially if they abstract the hardware away and it's like, yeah, strongest PC ever is running your game. Right. <laughs> yes, and it's going to be great because it's on a super cluster of yeah. Xenon processors <laughs> out on Amazon's web servers. Well, we, we talked about that when that some kid like just hacked together a bunch of Amazon web services and basically built a mega gaming PC in the cloud. And he was like, yeah, the latency is noticeable, but it's it doesn't break the game. The games are still playable. And you're never... 
I mean, you literally cannot have the same latency over distance as you do with less distance. Like, that's just physics. Yeah. But if you can get it down below a threshold where it affects your playing, then who cares? Yeah. You know, it's, it's like whenever people talk about high frame rate, I'm like, yeah, or, or audio files. And it's like, if you can't hear it, who cares? <laughs> like, it could be 100 million kbps, but if you can't hear that, so who cares? Do you even title? <laughs> <laughs> oh Kanye, you sad pile of person. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm. I. Th- it sounds like we're roughly in agreement. Like we want the I pick up a controller and have fun. Yeah, future not to care. Like you want how the processing has happened to be abstracted. Away. I don't need to know. Yeah, if if the performance and it looks great and it plays with low enough latency, I don't care. Do you feel like so latency aside and performance aside? How is your feeling about? our infrastructure, like our network infrastructure. Like we would have to have a lot of machinery in place to do like faux save states or something because if the network goes down and you're disconnected, then you're going to be like, well, crap. Now I have the opposite of fond memories of playing Assassin's (laughs) Creed 2 on PC because Assassin's Creed 2 forced you to do cloud saves only. It wouldn't local save. And sometimes it was a little lazy about updating your save and then you would quit the game and come back and it would be like hours ago. And you're like, I already played this part of the game. And that was just a, a classic like Ubisoft terrible. Yeah, you'd, think, you'd think they would at least cache it locally and then patiently wait for the yeah. network to come back and be like, okay, now that the network's back, we're going to sync these bits up. Okay, do the MD5 hashes check out? Now I'll delete the local copy. <laughs> yeah. Instead of just firing stuff into the Ethernet cable and be like, oh, it's not going anywhere, whatever. Yeah, But I think we also discovered from uh, some comment from a listener that uh, TV latency, like the screen latency is a big part of it. Like yeah. the network might be fine and your TV is just a lazy bastard about <laughs> it's like 100 millisecond refresh. <laughs> You're just like, oh, man. Well, this, this is something I don't totally understand. But if you could send refresh rate and frame rate data with the other data it would be nice if that was a feature the television had where the television said oh he's streaming a super nintendo game running on amazon web services so i'm going to refresh at this refresh rate oh now he's trying to play the latest you know call of bro duty shooter and so that is a different refresh rate so i will update to refresh at the rate the the content wants yeah not at the rate the screen wants and then because, I mean, when people talk about smart TVs, what they really mean is, like, it has Netflix installed. And I'm like, so does everything else ever. <laughs> like, my TA, TI-89 calculator probably has Netflix by now. <laughs> but if it can't update its own refresh rate, I'm like, no, that would be a smart function for a screen to have. Yeah. And I don't, I mean, I may be, again, not an engineer. I, that may not be feasible or that may not be something that would work well and solve this particular problem. But I have definitely gone from, like, a classic thing local not streaming to like a modern movie and you can see like i have to change the mode (laughs) like everything is smooth and weird and horrible yeah the smooth vision i also just see tvs where i don't know how they have it hooked up or what settings are enabled but if audio is out of sync with the visual that is a huge buzzkill on watching anything which will probably become an increasing problem because as uh 
video quality goes up, they will probably also send higher quality audio, even though we're already past the point of that and mattering. we're spitting them through like dumb sound bars that <laughs> yes. sound terrible. It's like, oh no, we have to, it's 4K video, we have to send 320 audio. And it's like, no, you don't. Uh, 120, it's fine. Even 196. <laughs> it's coming out of my iPad. <laughs> It's coming out of my iPad that I have in a shoebox to act as a speaker. <laughs> the call is coming from inside the house. I don't, so uh, they need to solve the latency issue, whichever part of that you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, magical processing, power in the cloud. Uh, do smart things locally, like save it until you have network access again. Like, that's things that normal people don't want to think about, all those things. Yeah. I want to pick up a controller and play a game. So... You know, make it seven ninety nine a month and just have every game ever. Yeah, I'll and do it. This is, I mean, the way you're describing it is exactly why I still to this day prefer console gaming. There are PC games I've missed out on or that I had to play years late because I didn't have a, a computer that was powerful. Wait enough. for laptops to catch up and yeah, to play. I mean, I, I played. You remember I played Mirror's Edge on my MacBook Air that I had at like twelve <laughs> frames like per second. Ten days after or ten years after release. Yeah, it was. It was only like a year or two ago, so it probably was literally close to ten years after release. But it was. I still enjoyed it, right? But what I would have enjoyed even more is if there was some super cluster on Amazon <laughs> running it, and they were like, "Jay, just pair your controller to this box." And the box will talk to Amazon, and Amazon does all the real work. And then the little box just shows you what you should be seeing and lets you hear what you should be hearing. But all the actual action is happening out in the cloud. But this, I mean, all of what I'm describing is why I still prefer a console. I buy a game from you know a store. I, I buy the digital download. I turn my PlayStation on, and then the game works. Like almost every yeah. time. Not every time because we've moved into update land and stuff, but basically every time. Well, I mean, just compare Netflix to like a Blu-ray and a random Blu-ray off the shelf. It's like, well, here's five ads oh and here's a, like a crazy animated <laughs> menu. And uh, okay, finally you're in the movie. Oops, you pressed the wrong menu. This isn't the top menu. This is the other menu button. So I, <laughs> I don't talk about my, my kids too much on the show because it, it's just not that interesting. Um, but, uh, some of the movies that my older daughter wants to watch are ones that we have on Blu-ray or that aren't on Netflix at all. So we have to watch it on our local copy. Um, and I hate it. I hate it every time because 99% of my television watching is Netflix or Amazon video. You Which know, like almost before you press the button, the movie is starting. Yeah, I'm, I'm, my thumb is reaching toward my phone and it's like the music for House of Cards has already started. I'm like, thank you. That is what I wanted. Um, but then, yeah, with the Blu-ray disc, I have to because we keep the controllers up on a shelf so she can't reach them. So you have to, I have to stand next to the shelf and wait for the ad and then the company logo and then the menu and then I start the movie and then I put the controller down and then I get to walk back over and sit down and we might have some pedants who are like, your child shouldn't be watching television anyway. But <laughs> Screens are making us dumber. they way dumber, way significantly. Uh, audio shows make you smarter though. So <laughs> Subscri- <laughs> Stuff you should know. Make sure you subscribe to all the Sunrise Robot shows. But this is what I mean. Which it's, you can it's, find. The, the the contrast in convenience from I take my phone out of my pocket, I find what I want to watch on Netflix, I mash my big meat hook onto it, <laughs> and then entertainment is happening is really great. That's an experience that there's not a lot of improvement on that I'm desperately clamoring for. But with a Blu-ray, uh, there's a lot of room for improvement <laughs> there. And even like some of the Disney movies have but quick play. But it's not play. compressed. <laughs> the blacks, man. The deep blacks. It's way richer. Um, but the even some of the, the quick play like Disney movies, it's like 
this is what you think is quick? <laughs> it's like 30 seconds. I got to wait to press a button to say, no, actually start the movie. And just, uh, is it really, does anybody is really Is that a care? feature for some parents? They're like, yeah, show all the previews. It's more time they're sitting there, not before the movie's over. Uh, probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because they're, they're seeing other characters they know. But then Netflix auto-advances to other movies, so. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But at least that's at the end. That's after you got what you asked yeah. for. And then they're trying to give you more things you asked for. Previews are not what you asked for. Yeah. And they're keeping you from Which, the thing you asked note, for. on that note, Netflix keeps you within the same, like, it's like, oh, the next episode of series you're already watching. Whereas we were playing a Hulu show. Yes. And- I, I was going to politely wait for you to finish, <laughs> but Hulu sucks at this. If we finished an episode. Someone's like, so do you want to watch Fear the Walking Dead? Auto countdown. I'm like, no, we don't want to watch that. We're watching this. So I... Uh, Sue watches uh, like the late night shows on the Hulu app on our PlayStation, and uh, it's decided to play things in themes. So, (laughs) so she'll get to the end of the Daily Show, and then it plays the Nightly Show. And then what she wants to watch is the next Daily Show or Nightly Show, but instead it's like Late Night with Seth Meyers, (laughs) and she's like, "No, I I've never Never go full Seth Meyers." Well, it's like we've never watched that show once. No one asked for that show, but it just decided that because that's the next thing that happened on Monday in the late night genre. Did it ask you if this was relevant to your experience? Uh, I wish it would, so I could be like, no, no, never show me this again. <laughs> Maybe, can you block stuff? I should block it. Maybe. I like Seth Myers, <laughs> but I totally agree. It's a bad software yeah. experience. It is. Nothing against him personally, except his, his show is probably terrible. <laughs> <laughs> the best part of a show is in the first like few minutes, he has some banter with uh, the Portlandia guy. What's his name? Fred Armisen. He is funny. I like so him they, a lot. they like, make up something improv for like two minutes at the beginning of the show. Best part, don't worry about the rest. <laughs> well, okay, so then this autoplay Hulu thing could work. Because you're like, oh, it's starting Seth Meyers. And by the time you get the controller turned on, you've seen that two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> you can leave and go to something else. Because the PlayStation controller is so aggressive about going to sleep. Uh, we, I think mine's set for 10 minutes. You can tweak it, can't you? That's true. Yeah. All right. You want to talk about Amazon? Yeah, let's do this. So They've released a bunch of stuff. I don't really understand what it all is. So. <laughs> You're well, tapping and echoing and yeah. dotting things. Well, you get to be an excellent audience foil right now. <laughs> so there, there's two important parts to this. Uh, there's the, the software part and the hardware part. The software part is uh, Amazon in the fall uh, announced very, very quietly through their release notes that they were removing the option for device encryption. And the Fire OS that's on all of the Amazon devices are... It's it's just Android underneath, right? They've just forked it and skinned it a little bit. Yeah. Um, but this is relevant because a real Android device not only has the option for encryption, but since I think 5.0, it's on by default. Yeah. So to take it out entirely is a huge divergence in terms of things. It takes deliberate effort. <laughs> yeah, and things the users should not have even had to have been thinking about are now a concern for them if they even know it should be a concern. Uh, so all of this happened in the fall, but it has been made a big deal now because of what's <laughs> happening with Apple. Uh, so that's not really their fault. They just tried to do this quietly, and then <laughs> it became a huge deal, which is good for us, yeah. like that it got dragged back out of the public. Um, and unfortunately for them, at the same time that this was being splashed all over Twitter, they released two new always listening devices, the Amazon Tap and the Amazon Echo Dot, which are, uh, it's, it's kind of like they took the, the function. Echo. <laughs> exactly. 
they took the functionality of the Echo and like kind of split it up, sort of. So the Dot is basically the Echo, but with no high quality speaker. Uh, so you can connect it to other speakers, or I think it can talk back to you, but through like a crappy speaker. So you wouldn't listen to music through it, that kind of thing. Um, spoken word, so you could subscribe but to you our show. You could shows. hook it up to like any speakers you own already. Exactly. But the Echo, you couldn't do that. So the Dot is like, we. It's a weird not- slice of features. Well, the idea is they're charging less for it because it doesn't have a high-quality speaker built in, right? It's like $100 less. It's a lot shorter, too. It's not like a full model. It's tiny. It's, it's an Altoids tin instead of a <laughs> Pringles can. Uh, and then the other device is the Tap, which is – it looks like the Echo, um, but the, the significant changes there are it has a way better speaker and its batteries – so it has a little charging cradle, which is smart, which is what the Echo always should have had. But then yeah. you can just pick it up and walk away with it. Which their pictures are a lot of like, ha-ha beach or ha-ha cycling. Yes. Yeah, always. <laughs> Look at me. I'm outside, therefore not plugged into the wall. Yeah, very, very clear imagery there. Um, but what I like about that one is the smart base because then you can have it charging in the room like in your bedroom overnight so you can use it as like an alarm and that kind of thing but then you could just pick it up and carry it into like the main room of your house or take it to work with you or i don't know whatever weird silicon valley future they're imagining <laughs> um you but mean catching sushi before you head to ex- yeah exactly what's the best sushi place in san fran <laughs> um i just we just lost like a hundred listeners <laughs> uh but the i think it's very interesting that these two things happen so close together because uh a lot of people were like do you really want a company that quietly removed encryption from their services having an always-on microphone in your yeah. house all the time with you everywhere you go? And no. Yeah. No is the answer to that. But um, I, let, I guess let's take these separately. So how do you how do you think they handled the, the Fire OS thing? Because they have now reneged. Yeah. Well, wasn't there an initial quote of like, well, no one used it. Yeah, they said when they were originally approached about it, they said we dropped it because nobody was enabling it. And so I, I haven't there, used there's your problem. Yeah, I haven't used a Kindle Fire in some time, so I don't know if it was difficult or hard to find. But this technical feature that offers a benefit that people may not understand very simply, yeah, was not on by default, and then they didn't use it. Great job. <laughs> yeah, and you have the entire. Uh, Android phone and tablet ecosystem to prove that having it on by default is not something users notice or complain about, right? No one who has uh, an Android phone with five or six on it has ever said like, oh man, it's just so sluggish because there's that on by default encryption. There's nothing I can do about it. I just, I feel like the right thing for them to do is say, no one is turning this on. Let's just turn it on by default or let's just leave it the hell alone, not let's yeah. rip the option to do this out of the OS. And then for them to reverse course, they also reverse course as, as a half measure. Instead of saying, oh, we added the option back, they should have said, we heard you. We also agree security is important. So we, now it's yeah. not by default. Like that, they should have swung the pendulum far in the direction of security. And instead, they were like, well, we just went back to the way things were <laughs> yeah. before. Please keep buying Amazon Echoes. We're going to sell six of them at Christmas for $5. That's a whole other weird thing. <laughs> but okay, so how do you how do you feel about that? Do you think how you you like default encryption, I assume? Yeah. Yeah. So like you're I think ma- it's the right decision. I don't think the user should have to 
is is there any reason to turn off encryption first of all i mean i i think for someone who knows what they're doing the ability to turn off encryption should be an option but it should be on by default yeah but i mean just thinking out loud is there a good reason you can think of not to use encryption on modern devices that don't have a performance hit that matters. I mean, I suppose if you are trying to eke out every single flop from the <laughs> processor and from your GPUs, you might argue like, well, if I disable encryption, the hard drive read writes will be a little bit faster and I need every ounce <laughs> of performance. But yeah. even in those instances... That sounds like an extreme niche. <laughs> well, it does. And I would say the correct solution is to give it more power. Like, don't say I need to push my 10-year-old GPU as hard as it can go, buy a more modern GPU. Because if you're doing something that requires that level of performance and you have that level of technical expertise that you're tweaking it that hard, I would expect you to be able to access more performant hardware. Like, I don't want to just say, like, throw money at it. Surely everyone (laughs) can throw money. Ha ha business. But... You know, if you're doing research and, and performance is that important or you're a gamer and performance is that important, then, yeah, money's going to be involved to do those things. So that maybe, yeah. you know, but for the poor researcher, the poor gamer, they might want to turn off encryption. And that should be an option to them. Yeah. But, but that should and be something they have to do. That can't be that costly of an option to leave. No. <laughs> but it, it should be something that they have to do. You know, it should encryption, I think, absolutely particularly in light of everything that's happened. Well, think of the kind of device a Fire OS device is. It's a, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a regular person, <laughs> I buy things with it device. Yeah, book Encrypt reader, movie crap. watcher, yeah. There's no reason that that device, that streaming video from Amazon No one services. holding a Fire OS device is like, man, I need to eke out every bit of <laughs> GPU performance for my great computer science experiment. Yeah, no. And for the weirdos that do, let them turn it off, but it should be on by default. <laughs> And then uh, these devices, so we, we agree, we solved that problem for you. You're <laughs> welcome, <it>. Amazon. <laughs> we need a gong or a bell or something, <laughs> or like a tuning fork. Um, a 440 hertz. There you go. Yeah. But these these devices, I mean, I, I think I told you, I used an Echo. Like, it's it's pretty good. It's it's fast. It's The sound is clear. Uh, you can shout because it has an array of microphones. So you can shout to it from way on the... Oh, important feature change in the tap um do you know why they called it the tap you have to physically touch it to make it respond to you okay so you actually have to press the microphone button is that that's the haha portable one that's the haha portable (laughs) one, which i assume is because they don't want you to be at the beach with it and then just have some schmuck Who's, you know, or just the ocean noise. Yeah. Some of the tricks <laughs> yeah. But I mean, you just don't want somebody to ride by you on their bike and be like, you know, Hey, Amazon tap, you know, download <laughs> a bunch of porn. And then you're like, wait, get back here. What are you doing? Rule 34 <laughs> unicorns. <laughs> so I, I, that one I understand is like a, a security feature, but Oh, Hey, Amazon does think about security. So that's, that's cool and clever <laughs> to them. That is a user experience thing. I mean, do you, at these prices with this functionality, is this any more interesting to you? I I don't have any Amazon devices right now, so <laughs> it'd be the big, like, it would, I mean, the, the tap is not going to be my first Amazon device, let's just say it that way. <laughs> I mean, the Echo seems really interesting, and, like, I either want that to get so unambiguously amazing that I just buy one of those or that all of its good things get stolen by Apple or Google or, <laughs> you know, some other object. 
Um, I'm interested in that that Star Trek future we always end up coming back to, but you know, oh Gene, you're so smart. <laughs> waiting for that moment of like brainlessly perfect, like, hey, do that thing, and then it does that thing. Well, I'm even just looking to a world where we might be able to have some of these things talk to each other. Like, why can I not control an Apple TV from an Android phone? Why can I not watch uh, Amazon videos on my Chromecast? Like, these, it's video. Like, yeah. does it really matter? Especially with Amazon video, if you're talking about paid videos, like, fine, if you want to be an arrogant bastard about, like, not letting me stream your free Prime stuff unless I have your device, that's annoying, but at least let me watch the videos I paid you money for. Oh, I yeah. can't. They're trapped in your proprietary DRM. I don't get an MP4. Yeah. I mean, they have Android and iOS apps, but no streaming to these boxes, right? No. There's well, no there, Apple there's, TV app. There's. I don't know if it's still active, but on Android, for a time at least, there was a hacky way to watch it on your phone and then cast your phone screen or your tablet so you screen. can do that on ios because the airplay is yeah. not something amazon can control right so that but that's not a solution no that sucks that's something they would block if they could i think there's still a ps4 app for amazon which is yes. like a weird loophole of like whoa that non-unaffiliated platform yeah no when i do watch some amazon video because i i can never remember but is is uh is Orange is the New Black an Amazon? No, no, it's a Netflix show. What is the Amazon? There was a couple really good Amazon shows. There was shows. The, the, the one all about trans. Before that. Uh, I don't yeah. remember. So the, there were a couple good. But yeah, they've had some yeah, of their own and, produced shows. And that, that I watched and that Sue watched. And we had to watch them on the PlayStation. Because what am I going to do? Am I going to Chromecast my laptop screen to the television with like a two-second audio video lag? No. And then the device is a million degrees because it's doing all <laughs> this crazy processing. And you have to plug it in now. And yeah. Or am I going to carry it over there and hook it up over HDMI? I've done that a couple times. But then you also feel like yeah, an idiot. Yeah, you'll do that in a pinch because you're addicted to a certain show, but you're right. not so, in general. You're not going to experiment like, hey, let's watch some Amazon. Yeah. And and I feel like a hypocrite because I'm totally fine with Amazon owning the the digital, the ebook space because no one else has made any progress there. But when I go to buy a movie, which I try not to do because <laughs> it's so bad, but I'm like, well, I'm not going to buy this from iTunes because I'm just not a, a super Apple household. Um, I'd rather not buy this from Google because even though I love Google, they're still going to kind of own it. Like I can't get it away from them. And then I'm not going to buy it from Amazon because not only will they own it the way Google would own it, but I can't even watch the freaking thing. <laughs> so it's like it's – Is there anyone you'll buy a movie from? <laughs> not if I can avoid it. But this is why I still end up buying stupid little freaking plastic coasters to spin yeah. in my PlayStation because that's the only way I know like will I actually own this movie. Yeah. And I've scooted by a lot with uh, either relatives that buy a disc with a digital edition that I can steal the code from, or vice versa. <laughs> they they use the digital edition, and I'm like, snag on the disc. <laughs> um, if I do buy a physical movie, I always look for a version that has not ultraviolet, but another <laughs> no. option yes. for streaming. Yes, basically anything else. <laughs> And even in those cases, I've noticed a lot of them are like, oh, you can download the digital copy from Amazon or from Google or yeah, from the iTunes choose, store. And I'm like, thank you. But even then, it's like, but you're just allowing me to choose pick the which cage. safe that you don't own. <laughs> yes. And th this is, 
why Netflix is attractive to me because I understand and am comfortable with the agreement that I do not <laughs> own those programs. So if they take House of Cards away, then I'm like, yeah, it wasn't mine. Yeah. I was renting it. So yes, they have the freedom to take it away. But and if I pay $20 for a digital movie and then they're like, oh, we lost the license to this. I'm like, no, <laughs> I had that license. I don't care what yeah. happened to you. You know, Netflix, you get 30 times 24 hours a month to watch <laughs> anything in their catalog. It's not a bad trade. What I've noticed uh, a few different blogs, I can't, it might be Gawker, Lifehacker, but there, there's a few different blogs that do it where they say, like, here's everything that's coming to Netflix next month and here's everything that's yeah. leaving. So, like, if you like this movie or this show and you it's going to leave, you should probably get it out of your system now. But even then, like, I don't feel like I'm personally losing anything because I didn't own that, right? I, I understand the agreement. And I know a lot of yeah. people don't understand that agreement. But I feel like with the iTunes Store, Amazon Video, Google Play Movies, you give them $15 and then you have the illusion that you own that movie and you really don't. Yeah. You know, even, I mean, Christ, even with Kindle books, you can back them up into like a Mobi or an EPUB. Yeah. How are you going to do that with like an iTunes movie? You'd have you, to, you can download them, but... But can you strip the DRM easily? Not legally, yeah. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, that's all tough. You're lucky you're not a sports fan because there's <laughs> yeah. oh, more God. crap. Um, I mean, if, if you've heard the term blackout dates or yeah. blackout... Oh, like, no, my, my father is a big sports fan, so I know full well what so you all suffer for some suffer reason, if, if the baseball game you paid for access for is vaguely re related to the territory you're in in a, a local broadcast, even if you can't locally receive that broadcast, <laughs> they've determined for some weird contract written a hundred years ago. It's to make you go to the game. Yeah, but because that's if, not if, what really happens. It's, no, you're not but, like, darn, I can't stream this game. I paid $130 for the season. Well, but, but these, the guess stream, I'm going to the ballpark. <laughs> the streaming <laughs> rules are based on the cable rules. And yeah. the cable rules were, hey, local Fox affiliate, please don't show the Rockies game in Denver so that people who live in Denver are incentivized to go to the Rockies stadium yeah. or the ballpark. You know. But where am I streaming it from? I could be anywhere. Right. Yeah, it's like, oh, I live in Denver, but I'm in Italy. Please let me watch this freaking or Rockies I game. I live in, like, Grand Junction. I'm not going to drive to Denver <laughs> on a whim for a game. That's true. <laughs> what counts as the territory has gotten larger and larger and larger. Well, there's a lot of extra weird arbitrary, like, well, did TNT license this game? <gasps> Is it showing on ESPN5? Too bad. You can't stream it on package you paid a lot for. Do, do you pay for one of the... Like the baseball, whatever it's called, like MLB Pro? Um, well, the season hasn't started yet, but... I mean, I, do you normally? No, because my dad did, and then we took his <laughs> login. Like but any good child. I'm talking to my brothers, and we might chip in on one. Yeah. I didn't just say that on the episode. <laughs> no, absolutely not. You We're all going to chip in privately on our own subscription. <laughs> <laughs> See, that, that, I, that's what I figured you meant, but thank you for clarifying for the, the listening audience. But th this is... Uh, I mean, everyone has agreed that sports is the only thing that has allowed cable TV to survive because yeah. everyone I know who has a cable it's subscription. It's just a matter of time before that's over, though. I mean. Oh, yeah. Well, because even they are starting to realize, like, oh, oh, we can go directly to the consumers. We don't <laughs> need you. Oh, I see. That's I did not realize that was an option. Frank, please cancel the Fox contracts. <laughs> 
Well, Fox has kept waving money in their face or in you know, all the networks to oh, I'm try sure to stave it off. Yeah, I mean, Fox Sports is probably a multi-billion dollar industry on its own, separate from the juggernaut of like Fox News and the animated shows that they control, like The Simpsons and stuff. That's, yeah, I mean, of course they don't want that to come to an end, but everyone else wants it to come to an end. Yeah. I'm sure there are probably employees who work for Fox who are like, Oh, this is so stupid. <laughs> like we're paying all this money and I just want to watch this game from my couch, but I can't. <laughs> We've gotten way off Amazon. Are you going to buy a tap or a dot? No, but they're headed in the right direction. And man, we did get way, way <laughs> off on a tangent there. Uh, the dot is a paltry eighty nine ninety nine. Uh, and the tap, which to be they, fair has the bigger battery and the better speaker, is only one twenty nine ninety nine. Are they going to add a with special offers version that just like yells at <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, hey, hey, Amazon dot, uh, what's the weather like tomorrow? You should order a Pizza Hut pizza. It will be thirty five <laughs> degrees. Stay home and order a fresh hot Pizza Hut pizza. <laughs> Oh God! I just described a really dark possible future. Audio spam. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't. I'm not in love with the idea of these for a very specific reason, and and this is just for me, right? This wouldn't necessarily affect anyone. Um, I have children. Uh, one of them can speak quite clearly, and most of the things she says are things she has heard myself and Susan say, and my other kid will be able to speak before I know it. So do I really want something in the house that will respond to anyone who shouts at it and then will do whatever it was commanded to do? Uh, no. You need the voice recognition to get good enough to differentiate. Well, I'm lucky because it doesn't have to get that much better to tell my voice from my yeah. wife and daughters, right? Because there's a lot of space between what they sound like and what I sound like. But if I had guy roommates or if I was a tenor and I had, you know, an alto wife, like I could totally imagine those ranges being close enough that the the accuracy is not there yet. It's nowhere near there. Um, so, yeah, that that's not to me particularly attractive to have this thing that while I'm talking to my kid is is talking to me and the device can't tell the difference. So it's just <laughs> trying to make this mishmash of commands. Um, I love the idea of this, the Star Trek future thing, you know, tap the communicator, get any answer to any question at any time. But for my dollar on a day to day basis, I, I wear a smartwatch, right? I still have my Moto 360, which has been a little flaky lately. <laughs> um, but I have my phone. I can just reach into my pocket and tell it, start listening to me, yeah. give it a command, and I can hold the mic close to my mouth so I can be quiet, you know, and, and get my answer or my calculation or my weather or whatever. Do you think the so your situation has been pretty well defined and and but I feel like that's way more Americans than these companies well, that's, think. Well, my question is is like <laughs> is the household monolith that sits in the corner and kind of is waiting for your command is that a product that's going to sail or is the smartphone slash wrist thing going to take care of it? Stop trying to sell me something stationary. Uh, if they could figure out the user experience, I could imagine the household monolith taking off in that when I come home, I want to put my phone down. I'm not the kind of person who wears a watch, but I still want to be able to bark commands at the internet and get a response. But they need, there's, I mean, there's a lot of good reasons to need really high quality uh, voice recognition and it's not just the inconvenience of I was talking and my kid was talking, so the thing didn't know what to do. It's also the 
uh, like per, you couldn't do parental controls because unless I can tell it, this is what my kid's voice sounds like. Yeah. And this is what my wife's voice sounds like. They're both women, but you need to respond to them differently. You know, like in any attempt at a hardware intervention of like, hold your watch. It's like, I should just be doing this to my watch. Yeah. Like, yeah. You mean just talk to the microphone <laughs> that's already on my wrist. Yeah. So that that's, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, the, until voice recognition gets really good, I need to do my my audio interactions with devices that are intimate devices, the watch, the phone. Because, I mean, I don't know how you have your phone set up, but I've been in the car and all of my audio uh, apps are set up to not pause when other audio things happen. So, like, the music keeps playing even if Maps is telling me to turn left, right? And it just dims it a little. Yeah. Well, there's a problem with that. If I say, you know, Ahoy Google and I want it to call someone, but there's music playing, now it's like, you know, should I call, I'll always love you. <laughs> and it's like, no, that's no, that's not what I wanted at all. That guy is not this guy. I'm trying to make a phone call. That was like some crappy 80s music that I just totally owned. Um, but you know what I mean? Like it can't tell the difference in any way between me talking to it and just random background audio. And if you have like it connected your Bluetooth and that means the microphone is in the ceiling right near the speakers in the car, like it's a freaking mess. Well, I guess that is sort of the question we'll see pan out is, are there just going to be mics everywhere? Yes. But I mean like your mics everywhere in every device or will it just be like, no, the phone and the watch will be your mic and we don't need to proliferate them into literally every single device or they, they'll be there because some people will have a different mesh of these devices, but you won't use them on those other things. I think the, we can't cross the proliferate them into every device barrier until really good vo- voice recognition yeah. because I'm not going to connect my Netflix account, my Google account Right, my like my, my personal email and things to a device that any asshole can just walk up to and yeah. be like, read my latest messages, and be yeah. like, no, that's a, secu- a gigantic security. Well, this risk. is where I want that mesh intelligence of like wherever I am with the thing that tells you where I am right now attached to me, then use the best mic available to you close to where I am. Yeah, could be a great like feature. Yeah, but how often would that not be? the one that's telling it where you are strapped to your wrist or in your pocket. Yeah. I mean, unless you're wearing aluminum foil pants. Well, I mean, it'd be, it'd be profile. So I'm at home, I'm on the couch. I'm not at my phone. Yeah. Use the Alexa. That's okay. right there. Um, the, not the Alexa. That's the personality. That's <laughs> the, the Cortana. Well, I suppose too, we might get to a place where, uh, things like the, the echo and the dot and the tap, um, they are they're taking control because even though their proximity is a little farther so your phone is on the table next to you and Alexa is across the room in her Pringles can but because the mics on her are way higher quality I I'm really anthropomorphizing her yeah. uh, because the the mics are much higher quality it's like yeah we could listen through the phone but we're not gonna well and just like maybe physical measurement you're closer to your phone but effort wise that's what i mean leaning yeah. forward and grabbing your phone and holding the fingerprint sensor and then act yeah. like that's way more than Alexa. <laughs> <laughs> two things how's the cards order pizza call me an uber and then play house of cards 
Sushi in San Fran. <laughs> what is the correct current trendy name for San Francisco? Is it the city? I wasn't even aware of the city being a thing. Yeah, it's definitely not San Fran. Like, they, Californians really hate that. <laughs> that I'm sure of, unless they pac man around back to that. that one is still obvious what you mean if you aren't keeping up with nicknames for a city you're not in. Oh, well, I grew up very near to Tampa Bay, so everybody called it the Bay Area. And it's like, you know, the world has more than just this bay. So if you're outside of like 500 miles of Tampa Bay and you say, oh, the Bay Area, people have no idea what you mean. Yeah. But at least that still contains a clue. The city tells me nothing. That's true. So I know you don't mean the suburbs or the farm, but we have not narrowed it down much beyond that. So you are of the you're i mean you're we're we're in a lot of agreement here tonight that's i already have enough bad voice assistants and even though by all <laughs> reviews uh, amazon's doing pretty well with theirs it's still not enough for me to jump into an ecosystem i'm not currently invested in well and for you being primarily apple devices which that's not fair because the mac doesn't count in that space the mac is a general purpose computing platform but being uh apple tv iPhone, iPads, iPad Pros, Pro Singular. <laughs> Professional. <laughs> iPad Pro Sidon. Um, Lord of the Brosian. <laughs> Brosian. Uh, yeah, I mean, Amazon is probably not ever going to play friendly with them because they consider them to be a direct competitor. Whereas if you have like a general purpose machine like your Mac or Windows machine, then yeah, you know, it'll probably work fine if you have Amazon stuff. But. Google Google stuff and iOS stuff. No, it's I, you. Nothing they have done makes me think they're ever going to play nice together. And, uh, and it, <laughs> it just it really bums me out every time. I'm like, well, can't I, we all just get along? I have to pick a side. If the Apple TV happens to be the best streaming box, then I'm, I mean, I think the Chromecast is the best personally. But if the Apple TV happens to be the best, that means I have to uproot my entire digital <laughs> life to get the most out of it. Otherwise, it's always going to be like a shadow of itself. And not that this is the topic, but even if Apple TV was the best, it's almost five times as much as a Chromecast. <laughs> so it'd have to be a lot better. Yes. And w- then you consider like, well, I can't play any of my Google Play movies on it. I can't play any of my Amazon videos on it. So yeah. not only do I have to buy this different hardware to get this better user experience, I have to rebuy hundreds of dollars worth of movies and music. <laughs> yeah. So this rapidly goes into unacceptably expensive territory. And whenever anyone says like, I just want to watch you know, services like Netflix, I want to be able to watch HBO now for like Game of Thrones and, and John Oliver. And it's like, yeah, everything does that. Just, yeah, just throw a dart at the wall and the you Venn will hit a device. is actually pretty concentric yeah. almost. Yeah. Around those services. But even that is risky because like how much power do we consolidate into Netflix before Netflix is like, oh, uh, we just found a way that we can produce our own little streaming box and we're going to pull our apps from everything. Yeah. I don't think they would do that. But eventually, you give them so much power that they do what Apple does. They'll like live Garden. long enough to become a villain. <laughs> you know that could eventually happen. They'll just become the next cable company, pretty much. Ugh, gross. So big that they all the best series are on Netflix, and you just have no choice. And they're like, "Be a but, shame if that subscription price doubled." <laughs> but even then, I mean, they'd have to quadruple it, but before it would be an offensive amount of money. Because you still have access to everything on demand. And that's an important distinction because you can pay for cable, 
but then you have to pay extra for on demand. Uh, and it's like, no, that's how that's just how the world works. <laughs> Encryption on by default, and I get to watch it whenever the hell I want. You don't tell me to gather the children at eight PM so we can all watch the whatever. And that still happens for certain network shows. They're like JK, this is like I remember it was like five years ago. I wanted to watch The Mentalist and there was no legal way to purchase it or stream it. There was only Tuesday nights at seven on and I was just like, <laughs> never mind, guess I'm not yeah. watching that show. Yeah, and I mean there are very few shows that I would make that leap for. Uh I can't think of any. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a, and even like we've been bashing Hulu this whole episode, but they suck. Well, but they can still buy good content. So that yes. like puts you in a bad spot. Well, I mean, it's you, Disney and Fox, like the two large and some other companies, but it's like the two largest well, they media have companies. An original Stephen King story series right now called 11, 63. It's, uh, um, what's his face? Uh, I'll look it up. I'll live. I'll come back in later with it. Live research. But it's a it's a time travel like sci fi kind of story, and it's just mm. really good. I've only seen like three episodes. It's a um, there's this weird portal that this guy discovers, and then he goes back and it takes you to 1960, and he decides to try to stop JFK's assassination. Okay. But like, there's so much cool stuff going on with that concept. But unlike Netflix, they aren't like, here's the whole show, bam, binge it if you want. It's every Monday we dole out a single episode. And I'm just like... And I mean, don't you feel like that's largely Fox's influence? And I guess the ABC part of Disney where they're like, no, we have to continue to validate the totally BS content distribution method of our main content distribution channels yeah whereas netflix can be like nah we have no pre-existing traditions we have no idols to burn like we can just do whatever the hell we want hey here's all of the next season of house of cards not the first episode not the first couple episodes here's all of it quit your job break up with your spouse (laughs) watch it all at once do whatever you want or don't watch one episode a day or one episode a week or one episode a month you're an adult make a decision about how you want to consume this and and I don't think most shows uh, actually record during the season. So it's not like, well, we only have two episodes. We're still making the rest. No, you're not. Yeah. You have them all. You cut filming You didn't weeks film ago. the Lord of the Rings trilogy and you're still <laughs> editing it. That's not what happened. Yeah, this is some drama. It was James Franco as the star. Of oh, yeah. He's, he's good. Yeah. 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 So Stephen King material, James Franco, lots of money. Yeah. So the uh, effects are probably Produced good. by J.J. Abrams. Like, yeah. It's so. really well produced. Really, really great stuff. Yeah. And, and do you have to have Hulu Plus? I don't know about that. I don't think so. But do they pull? So one thing Hulu does that I find totally unacceptable <laughs> is locking down stuff that was previously available. Like, oh, you can watch the current like six episodes from this season, but then when episode seven comes out, you're going to lose access to episode one. And then episode eight comes out, yeah. you lose access to episode two or whatever. That's the range another is. Stephen King story. The Langoliers—they're eating the past. <laughs> <laughs> so, thanks for making that part of your business model. <laughs> But I mean, that, that's, and I don't know, it's like a season or it's a half a season or whatever they do, but that's like, why do I even have to think about that? Like, yeah. what do you care, Fox, if I watch an ad on Hulu today <laughs> or next week? Just let me point my face at a screen and then sh- shower <laughs> content onto me. 
and the fact that I mean we have been crapping on Hulu a lot because they deserve it, <laughs> but the fact that they now have like Hulu Super Plus, like you know we name our live streams in a pretty ridiculous way as a ridiculous thing, but. They have like Hulu, Hulu Plus, and like Hulu Plus Pro. With no ads except when there are ads. <laughs> it's egregious. It's completely egregious. <laughs> so Amazon. <laughs> oh, no, we're done. <laughs> no, they're, I mean, we're, I'm not going to buy either of these devices. I, basically, I cannot buy a device like this until the voice recognition is there. Because it's not like, oh, next year I might not have kids. Like That's just part of my situation now and is part of the situation of the average American household. And even if it wasn't, like even if you just lived with roommates or you just have your spouse, like if you're ever going to connect any kind of thing you might consider private, like your email, I can't have my email or my bank information or whatever yeah. on a device anybody can walk up to and be like, hey, device, how much <laughs> is in my account? Read my most recent email from my boss. Reply. Tell him he's a dick. Like, <laughs> yeah. I just, I can't, you can't open up those channels to literally anyone who has physical access. Like, it's just silly. Yeah. So those those things to me are insurmountable hurdles. Like, I'm never going to use a device like this with anything that I care about Right. And I don't really need a device in my house that I can just shout at and be like, play music, play videos. Like, that's, that's not worth $100 to me. Yeah. 25, 30, 40 bucks. You know, it'd be cool if I could talk to the Chromecast, but that eh, can't be that far off, can it? <laughs> no, probably not. But even then, I expect Google to, if they can't make the voice recognition good, I expect them to only let it talk to my my movie library and to not allow purchases. Yeah. I can't have somebody over at my house just be like, buy all 10 seasons of Seinfeld. And then I'm like, <laughs> what the hell? Why did you just spend $300 of my money? Like, that can't be it. Like, it can they can stream anything in my library. That's fine. But, yeah, they can't just have carte blanche access to my... Confirmation step. Yeah. So, uh, it's... That's a software update away from even existing stuff, though. Sure, but is it is it going to drive sales? Like, are they going to spend developer time on it? The answer is only if it will drive sales, yeah. <laughs> or if it's leading to something that will drive sales. I mean, we already had enough iPhone, iOS. My kids spent six thousand dollars scandals. I feel like you have to think about that. Yeah, you definitely do. Because if it's anything that can have apps or that's tied to a credit card and you have children or you have jerky roommates because i mean you don't take your amazon echo when you leave the house right so anyone who still has access to your house now has access. no you buy one for every room and location <laughs> you'll ever step into so, so anyone in your house can spend money on your well i mean the god i didn't even think of this in the promo for the tap um a woman walks into uh like her her shop her like you know, wood and, and, and machine shop. And she puts the thing down and she's like, or she either puts it down or she has a dot, but she's like, you know, Hey Alexa, play my, my shop music. And then it starts playing like her, her playlist. And then she reaches onto her workbench and she pulls the last paper towel off a roll. And she says, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have actually said Alexa. Hey, Amazon, order more paper towels. And it goes, order placed. And everyone who like lives alone thinks that that's super cool. And the <laughs> minute I saw that, I'm imagining my daughter being like, buy this, buy this, buy this, buy this, buy this, buy this. Yeah. And it's like, I can't have that. I can't just basically be like, here's a copy of my credit card. 
anyone who has access to this yeah. Pringles can. And why would you buy a Pringles can with all the full brains and body organs of every single part of a computing platform instead of <laughs> tell my phone, play my shop music. Phone knows where I am. Phone connects to speakers in the shop. Speakers don't have to move because they're just dumb speakers that were twenty dollars. Well, I mean, this is why the Chromecast has sold fifty billion units. Yeah, because you don't have to re-implement the whole hardware stack. Nope. Just give me something yeah. that connects to Wi-Fi and spits video through HDMI. <laughs> yep, <laughs> it's almost like they used pre-existing standards that solved most of these problems, so that they only had to add a little bit of frosting <laughs> to the already baked cake <laughs> instead of reinventing how baking works. It's obvious which side of this battle I'm on. <laughs> All right. You got anything else on, on the Echo or the Dot? I don't know. Can we make fun of Hulu one more time? No. Probably. I don't, I don't have uh, let's see. Hulu. What have they screwed up recently? Oh, uh, so I use uBlock Origin because I'm a bad person, I guess. Um, I don't really have a good defense for that. Uh, but I use uBlock Origin and... Uh, some of the Hulu ads detect it and have a problem with it, and some of them don't. And I've noticed occasionally it will get into a we know you're a bad person loop where it will just hang on that forever. And I can't say like, okay, enable ads. I actually have to back all the way out of the show, enable ads, and then come back. Yeah. And then it doesn't remember where I was, and it plays like four ads in a <laughs> row. I have a server. Well, that doesn't even bother me. It's like, okay, it starts at the beginning, and I'll just jump to the middle. But then it's like, oh, you tried to navigate? I'm going to play like four or five ads <laughs> back to back, and there's nothing you can do about it. So Hulu, you suck. <laughs> like, if you're going to emulate someone, you emulate Netflix. You don't emulate cable television. I think they're caught between the, some kind of network-crushing control that's making them be terrible well all of their all of their their controllers are traditional media companies so that's why they suck yes <laughs> yeah i mean it, this is a known source of this problem it's not like oh we can't figure out who's pulling the strings. mbas are like counting like oh, extra five cents per stream yeah oh, god it's gross but luckily the majority of great content is other places so you know there's you were able to list one instance where you're like, I want to watch this on Hulu. Can yeah. you list a the second show instance? Is great. <laughs> but can you list another instance where you're like, I can only watch this on Hulu? No. Yeah, there you go. And they have their own content. They have movies for some reason. Well, <laughs> it's yeah. the saddest movie library. Yeah. But I mean, this is like until they start really spending money on beautiful content where you're like, I'm going to put up with their BS, then yeah. we have a problem. But right now, you don't have to put up with their BS. All right, take us out. All right. Thank you for listening to Flipping Tables, episode 109. Uh, you can check out the show notes for links to all, all this Amazon goodness and some of the Xbox news and Tour Denver, um, which you should check out as well, at sunriserobot.net slash flipping table slash 109. And uh, me and David love feedback. We're both on Twitter. It's probably the best way to reach us. Uh, we reply within seconds most of the time. <laughs> um, my handle is at pseudomichael, which I spell S-U-D-O, Michael. And Lions, you are? At Lions in Beta. 
And uh, while you're checking out our show notes on our website, if you haven't already, you might as well subscribe to Flipping Tables. So um, you can use iTunes if you listen to podcasts on a computer like a weirdo. Um, but if you have a phone or a tablet or something, then those are a lot more convenient with, if you're on the bus or you know parasailing into work. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can hook that in and uh, you can use the iTunes or RSS button on our website to uh, subscribe or just search for us. And most of the apps, if you search for Flipping Tables or Sunrise Robot, uh, it'll come right up in the search results um if you want to support us more directly uh, the first thing you can do which is free is uh you can go into itunes even if you don't use itunes for any other reason and no one uses itunes for any other reason <laughs> you can go in and leave us a rating and a review and that just helps a ton if there are ratings and reviews to, to bump our show up make it more visible to the people that don't know us but are searching for stuff um that's awesome if you if you want to go above and beyond and support us monetarily uh you can hop on to patreon.com slash sunrise robot and actually Actually, pledge dollars to the network, and every bit helps. Uh, we're working on some great new stuff. We might create some cool merch. Um, merch, you band guy? <laughs> Are we um, gonna have a merch swag table? or swag? If you're David <laughs> Thomas. Um, <laughs> Um, and you can also, depending on uh, the level you support us at, you can get your name mentioned on every episode of Flipping Tables or even every episode of every show on Sunrise Robot. And with that, I want to give a special thanks to our top Patreon sponsors, Matt Mariner, Sean Byrne, Benji Robinson, Alexa Cunningham, Carolyn Kraut, Cliff Lyons, Ido Abramovich, and Justin Edwards. We love you all so much. So much. We'll see you next week.